as the U.S. government races towards a shutdown caused by Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans who want to torch the country. It's three days away. The GOP spending their time humiliating themselves and the nation with a disastrous sham impeachment hearing. It was an embarrassment and an unmitigated disaster. We will talk about what went down after President Biden joined auto workers on the picket line in Michigan. Donald Trump, in a predictable ultra scab move, gave a speech at a non-union shop and pretended it was a union plant. Yes, the con man claimed he has been with the workers during his career. Eh. Well, if you mean not paying contractors and screwing over workers your entire life and trying to destroy unions, well, maybe that's what you meant. So from ultra scab to ultra weird, the GOP debate on Fox Business was a train wreck, took place in California at the Reagan Library. You got Mike Pence talking about sleeping with mother, Vivek Ramasamwe competing for the most annoying human in the world with Ron DeSantis making weird faces and applying so much damn makeup, he may be banned from going back to Florida based on the new fascist laws he ushered in in the state. Meanwhile, Donald Trump keeps on losing in court. From the summary judgment loss in New York State Court, shutting down his business in New York to federal judge Tanya Chutkin denying Trump's request for her recusal in a blistering decision. Also, the appellate division in New York denying Trump's request for a stay of trial in the New York Attorney General's civil case so that a trial will begin on October 2nd on the remaining disgorgement or damages claims against Donald Trump, he keeps on losing and losing. It's why you got to stick to it when it comes to Donald Trump. He tries to delay, 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 wear you out like a typical fascist, but stay strong and keep at it. Finally, President Biden gave his most important speech yet, and one of the most important speeches in American history. It was that important. He gave the speech in Arizona to announce the building of the McCain Library in honor of the late great Republican Senator John McCain. President Biden gave an impassioned defense of democracy, and he discussed the threats that democracy faces from MAGA extremism. We've got a lot to discuss. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch podcast, joined by Brett and Jordy Micellis. And from the outset, I want to thank everybody who joined us this week in yes. our exclusive Patreon Zoom chat at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. There it is on the bottom. It was so great to meet you all. I hope you enjoyed that 
meeting that we have on Zoom. We have the after shows on patreon.com slash Midas Touch that follow all of these shows. As I've always mentioned, we don't have outside investors at the Midas Touch Network. So one of the great ways that this can grow, this network can grow, and you see the things we're growing like MidasTouch.com is through patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And it was so awesome to meet you all. Brett and Jordy, how are you doing? Oh, doing great. I think today may have been one of the busiest news days that we've had in a very long time. And it says a lot because really every day is so chaotic with the news cycle, as everybody knows here. And us just trying to, trying to stay on top of everything, make sure we're covering everything. Uh, not an easy task, but we're going to deliver everything that we can to you today. I'm excited to cover it. And I think this disparity continues to grow. It's not that we didn't know before today. It's not that we didn't know before this week or right. the week before that the Republican Party is completely and utterly incompetent compared to the Democratic Party out there that actually knows how to lead, that is actually competent, that actually wants to actually put forth solutions to problems, that actually cares about democracy. But that disparity continues to go further and further apart every single day. And the dichotomy today, when you have President Biden delivering one of the most important historic speeches of his presidency in defense of American democracy, calling out MAGA extremists by name. And then you have the utter clown show that was the GOP impeachment inquiry, a complete mm -hmm. and utter show of chaos and incompetence. And then you have all the news. Every time we got legal news today that came in, it was Trump loses this, Trump loses that, Trump loses again. It's such clownery. It's such buffoonery. It's such criminality compared to people who actually want to do the job and get shit done for the American people. And I think we're going to make that very clear in this episode as we go through our many clips today that we have to show you. Jordy, how's it going? I'm doing well, big bro and big bro. So here's the thing, right? I think it's night and day with the leadership. If you could even call what the Republican Party, if you can even refer to them as leaders, when we show these clips today and really dive into the stories, you are, well, maybe the Midas Mighty won't be shocked. But ultimately, it's the clearest example of, of leaders in the Democratic Party who are ready to meet the moment and save our democracy versus just you know troublemakers who, again, you would never even hire to do. Troublemakers. Yeah, tr <laughs> troublemakers, rebel route. Just, just, just Rap stallions. Essentially. But can I just also say this, Ben, <laughs> that, that intro that you gave today may have been my favorite of all time. So I'm looking forward to today's show. Thank you very much, Jordy. And Brett, you said it best, and Jordy, for complimenting my intro, you tied Brett and also said it best. Look, the MAGA, <laughs> the MAGA Republicans, though, demonstrated a lack of basic competence. And it's this competence disparity that isn't a liberal, progressive, conservative thing, right? It's that Democrats, which I now consider the pro-democracy movement, we care about facts. We care about evidence. We don't want to look shameful when we present publicly. We want to be well-researched. We want to come with evidence. And the MAGA Republicans continuously throughout this hearing from, as you said, Jordy, the lack of leadership level of someone like James Comer, who's supposed to chair this committee, 
who doesn't even know the rules of the committee because there was no formal vote on an impeachment inquiry. It was actually from the outset against House rules to engage in such an inquiry without the vote, which Democratic Congress member Jamie Raskin pointed out. But every time you pointed out a rule or wanted to introduce evidence, MAGA Republicans were like, table it, table it, table it. The Democrats wanted to introduce evidence that the MAGA Republicans said was their smoking gun evidence, right? Remember Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's former business partner that MAGA Republicans were talking about for months? Democrats wanted to use that deposition testimony because it utterly rebuts what the MAGA Republicans say he says. Their own witness. Every time you'd have someone like Democratic Congress member Dan Goldman want to introduce the deposition testimony, they refuse to allow him to introduce the deposition of their purported star witness. They wouldn't let Dan Goldman introduce it. And so, as I have always said before, look, look, if you claim there are audio recordings of President Biden engaged in misconduct, and you say there's 17. Frankly, if you lied to me 16 times, but showed me one, showed me one audio recording of him engaging in bribery, I'd be outraged. I don't want a president engaged in bribery. But then I find out you've lied about all 17 or that your whistleblower is actually a spy from China or a spy who's helping the CCP. It turns out that these IRS whistleblowers that they're actually talking about things that happened in 2017. They're upset, apparently, when Donald Trump was in office. And then you act like that's fine. And then when questioned, I don't know if you saw this, Ryan Nobles from NBC actually asked a great question to Jason Smith, one of the MAGA Republicans who lead this before the hearing. So uh, just explain this to me. What are you saying that President Biden did in 2017? You know, he wasn't the president then. He wasn't the vice president then. And then Jason Smith was like, MAGA Republican. So what, what network are you from? Where, where are you from? And then Nobles is like, NBC. Well, you're not going to take what I say seriously. <laughs> and then Nobles is like, look, just I want to tell me why you think that in 2017 there was conduct by Biden when he was not even a candidate at that time. And then Jason Smith goes, I'm not an expert at the timeline. What do you mean you're not an expert at the timeline? That's literally what your job is. (laughs) So framing the issue like that, it's competence, it's evidence-based. And the MAGA Republicans are devoid of that. You know why? Because they're Donald Trump's puppets. And Trump is devoid of it. The party is fundamentally corrosive because it mimics their Fuhrer, who is fundamentally fascist and a liar and just makes up crap about everything. That's what they do now. So let's go through what went down. So it starts off with Democratic Congress member Jamie Raskin setting the tone. Play the to use impeachment to establish a counterfeit moral equivalence between President Biden, an honorable public servant who has never been indicted or convicted of anything in his career of more than 50 years in public life, and Donald Trump, a twice impeached president who's recently been found 
in court to have sexually abused and defamed a woman and fraudulently inflated the value of his real estate properties while facing 91 criminal charges in four separate indictments on everything from conspiring to overthrow an election and defraud the American people to making criminal hush money payoffs to stealing classified government documents and hiding them while obstructing justice. Impeachment. And here in the next one, Democratic Congress member Raskin says, okay, why don't we call real witnesses, not these three individuals who you're putting in front of us today who have no knowledge of the facts, Jonathan Turley, a law professor who doesn't know anything, Eileen O'Connor, a former assistant attorney general at the DOJ who knows nothing, Bruce Dubinsky, a forensic accountant who actually know nothing. They're not fact witnesses. They no, just, none they of them are associated anything. with any of this at all. And then the Democrats go, okay, well, let's bring in actual witnesses. Let's go. Let's bring in actual people who actually had something to do with all all this. Donald Trump sent Lev Parnas and Rudy Giuliani to Ukraine on a goose chase to try to dig up dirt on Hunter Biden, on Joe Biden. So why don't we bring in them in? Lev has already said that he's willing to speak and he's willing to say everything that they made him do right here under oath. So let's call him in. If this dysfunction caucus is going to insist on going forward, we must receive the testimony of Rudy Giuliani and Lev Parnas, the insiders who know the origins of the lie upon which this sham impeachment is based and who work to spread it. We know that Mr. Parnas is ready and willing to testify and as a former U.S. attorney and mayor, Mr. Giuliani will surely agree to enlighten us on everything. Pursuant to Clause 2K6 of Rule 11, I move that the committee subpoena Rudy Giuliani and Love Parnas to come and testify in these hearings. And I would like to ask for a vote on that or debate as you would please, Mr. Chairman. You made a motion to subpoena. Are they going to table it? I, I didn't hear a motion to table. Motion, yeah. Mr. Chairman. Chair recognize Mr. Jordan. Uh, I, I move to table the motion. There's a motion to table Mr. Raskin's motion. Is there a second? I'd like to ask for a recorded vote on that, Mr. Chairman. This is on the, the subpoena of the two key figures, Rudy Giuliani and Lev Parnas. Key figures for what? But in your theory about why President Biden should be impeached, I think this is going to be an informative hearing for you, Mr. Raskins, because we've we were going to present evidence. What evidence? There's no evidence. Well, just no fact. Just sit back and let let the American people hear the see the hearing and let the American people. All right. Yeah, I mean, he's a total abuser, James Comer. Pat him. Why don't we just let the American people see me bring three random people here who got nothing, who don't know anything about anything. Let me bring three randos in. And then you've got someone in Jamie Raskin, a constitutional expert, Harvard Law, who knows the rules, who goes, I want a motion to bring the witnesses who will be able to testify how Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans manufactured a 100% false conspiracy about Burisma. Let's call the main witnesses in. And motion to table, you don't want the real witnesses. Instead, you want three random people. And we saw that throughout. So here's an example of the MAGA Republicans on this committee blocking Democratic Congress member Dan Goldman's attempt to introduce into the record evidence, 
Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's former business partner, their own the MAGA Republicans star witness. This is the MAGA Republicans guy. This is who they talked about for two years. You now have the Democratic Congress member saying, I want to introduce that depot that you all said was great. And they blocked him from doing it. Play the clip. I ask unanimous consent to introduce page 131 of the transcript of Devin Archer's testimony, um, where the question is asked, but he did not provide the Burisma executives with actual access to his father. The access to his father was an illusion of access. Gentlemen's out of order. You'll have time. Out of order. You're out of order. Shut up. Stop. And, And then you'll see throughout the hearing, the MAGA Republicans, anytime the Democrats were making a point They speak over you. And as I've described Jim Jordan before, he's like a little fascist mosquito. It's like, (laughs) it's like, let them say the point. And because the bottom line is, if this is a true inquiry, all I want to get at is the facts. It's the most important thing to me in this network, which is when I go and do my legal analysis, I go through the court cases. I go through the rulings. I go through the evidence because that's what's most important to me. What I love in this hearing as well is when Democrats flipped the script yes. and said, okay, we want to talk about corruption. You know who did it the best here? <laughs> Democratic Congress member uh, Jerry Connolly just crushed it here. Watch this cross-examination by Congress member Connolly. Play the clip. I heard again um, – I think it was Professor Turley talking about, you know, because he's not prejudging, of course, but he's just suggesting that maybe we want to look into criminal activity like obstruction, fraud, and abuse of power. So let's, let's take fraud. So shouldn't we be concerned that a New York judge just found President Biden's organization committed fraud every year for last 10 or 15 years and that under the Martin Law in New York, that Biden organization is now subject to dismemberment and dismantlement because of the fraudulent activity. Shouldn't, shouldn't that be of concern to us? That should be of concern with respect to Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump again. And, and in this case, we're not speculating. A, tr- a judge actually made that ruling? Yes, sir. Hmm. Um, Should we be concerned about the personal? I mean, while we're at it, since we're loading on, shouldn't we be concerned about the personal behavior of a president? For example, President Trump or President Biden being found guilty of sexual assault and defamation associated with that activity, again, in a civil court, in this case, in New York? Um, We should be concerned as it relates to Mr. Trump, yes. With Mr. Trump again. Um, I just think that one of the reasons we're here is because somebody has been indicted in four different locales on four different sets of uh, concerns with, I think, 81, 91 actual counts, and has been found guilty in two civil proceedings, one on involving sexual behavior and one on actual uh, corporate fraudulent activity. And we don't want to talk about any of that. We want to speculate about discredited testimony from discredited witnesses 
So let's talk about so good. Brutal. Let's talk so about good. some of these witnesses. So real quick, real quick, sorry to interrupt. You know who would play a great Connolly in a movie? Tom Hanks. I don't know what the movie would be about, but Hanks would crush that role. Okay, Ben, go ahead. I feel like you're thinking of him in a very specific role. What what what, what movie does he kind of Mr. Look like Charlie's that? War? <laughs> I think that's actually a movie, um, but but not about Connolly. Um, I want to show <laughs> you the witness. So here are the witnesses that the MAGA Republicans called. The witness that you just saw there was actually the one minority witness from the Democrats. But the MAGA Republicans called Professor Turley, who basically testifies to anything the MAGA Republicans want him to testify to. Although here, Professor Turley stated that there was no evidence to support impeachment. Perhaps MAGA Republicans should have asked him that question before asking him that question live in front of the entire world. But you also had a forensic accountant named Bruce Dubinsky, who's just a random forensic accountant. And then you had Eileen O'Connor, who's just a I would say a random ex-Justice Department tax division, but where would the MAGA Republicans find somebody like this? I don't know, maybe from QAnon world, basically, because the types of memes that she would be posting on a consistent basis resemble those types of memes from that world. And by the way, she made the strangest faces throughout oh this. Gosh. Like, she will. <laughs> Like, I mean, she was like so horrified, like, so like, oh my God, I can't believe (laughs) that he would say Let me show you, for example, (laughs) when Democratic Congress member and friend of the show, Krishna Morthy, cross examines her and points out, like, you're not exactly an impartial witness. Play this clip. Now, let me turn to another topic here. Ms. O'Connor, here I have a poster of an entry from your professional. LinkedIn account. There's your picture. And it says law office of Eileen J. O'Connor. We printed here what you posted roughly one week ago. It says, quote, the Biden administration is promoting and enabling the invasion. That's what your post says, right? Yes, it does. And it further goes on to say, if this doesn't stop quickly, then the entire USA will be invaded with millions of military-aged men from many different countries who are ready to cause total havoc while getting paid 2200 a month in welfare to do so. Did I write that? You reposted it, and it says it is an engineered death spiral. I now, let me I show can. you another posting that you put up on your professional May LinkedIn account. May I it's, respond? If there is an you can respond inquiry, when I'm done when I'm done with my question. Ma'am, demolition can of you the United put States this of up. America. Ma- ma'am, this is another posting from your professional LinkedIn account. This says announcing Michigan Telethon to raise funds for 16 alternate electors who crooked Dana Nessel wants to jail. Now, ma'am, that's your professional LinkedIn account, right? It is. By the way, Harvard LinkedIn? Law. Harvard she Law. Have a, and not, not even like Instagram like that. She was putting that on her LinkedIn page. That's what, that's what Who's using LinkedIn like that? I, honestly, that's that, to me the most egregious. If you even look past like what, the content of what she was posting is the fact that she was posting this stuff on LinkedIn in the first place. That's outrageous. That that is the criminal part of this. To me. That's Let disqualifying. Me it yeah, that's disqualifying. To, to make the point that none of these witnesses are actually fact witnesses. AOC did a brilliant job using her question to highlight that here. Watch this clip of AOC. The Republican majority has called in three witnesses to advance their case. Mr. Turley, I have a simple question for you. In your testimony today, 
are you presenting any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by the President of the United States? No, I'm not. No, you are not. Ms. O'Connor, you are the second uh, Republican witness here today. Have you, in your testimony, presented any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by, pre by the President of the United States? I have not. Thank you. Now, Mr. Dubinsky, as the third and final Republican witness uh, in this hearing, have you, in your testimony, presented any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by the President of the United States? Uh, I have not. And Professor Gerhardt, uh, given that you are the minority witness, I assume the same, correct? I'm not a fact witness, correct. Thank you. Now, now watch this Democratic <laughs> so Congress member. So what are member. you doing there? What are you, so why are you there? What, what is this all about? It's all just nothing. It's all BS. It's all a sham. I, yes. I'll tell you what it was actually about, because MAGA Republicans are not good at their job. When the Democrats did their impeachment, they called real experts that set the constitutional framework for why impeachment was necessary and proper in this circumstance. So the MAGA Republicans were trying to do a version of that but because there are no underlying allegations that actually make sense, it was completely untethered from reality. Like, mm -hmm. and that's why it was also came off so like weird and bizarre because they're incompetent and they don't know what they're doing. But that's why if I can put myself, I don't want to ever put myself don't in there. Don't do it. I'll stop right there. Say Democratic Congress member Maxwell Frost, though, kind of recounts again the fact that these witnesses, who are they? And I want you to watch the witnesses' faces here. Play this clip. We have one witness who has a lot of questions, Ms. O'Connor. Dubinsky, uh, one witness who knows something about accounting but has no real involvement in what's going on. And Mr. Turley stopping here on his way to his next Fox News hit. This, this is not a serious inquiry. <laughs> and her face is not a serious not. response. Like, hey, you know. Explain that, Ben, for our audio listeners, what just, what just unfolded. Uh, the witness who was the one posting those memes on her LinkedIn, Eileen O'Connor, just kind of <laughs> like opened her mouth and gasped. And like, like literally jaw on the floor. Like, like as if stood up and started cursing all of them out. The reaction makes no sense to the contents of what Frost was saying. Yeah, Max what Frost was saying was not even all that not even all that controversial, <laughs> but 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 it's because also like they're very weird people. Like, and I'm, I'm not like there there is also this there's this there's this weirdness factor too that's mixed with their fascism. It's a fascism meets idiocracy, and it needs to be called out because like th there's something wrong with that. When I want, I'm like, what in the world is going on? You know what it is too, Ben? You know, we, we speak about a lot here how, you know, you have Jim Jordan running the House Judiciary Committee, not a lawyer, right? You have all these people in high positions doing these jobs that would normally be done by people who had were prosecutors. Like that that would normally be their background because they know the questions to ask. And so what happens is- You made well, me a surgeon and then you said something to me in an operating room. Like, hey, Ben, I need you to do a mastoscopy. You know, I would be like, I don't know what the surgery is, but I don't want to get an oscoscopy. You don't want to get. I don't know. Exactly. Sounds dangerous. The point. I'm not trying to pick any specifically, but the point is, I would probably be like, I'd have a look like, and that's what the MAGA Republicans look like. 
And like, it's like, you know, they don't even like open up the first page in the, in the legal textbooks even to like figure out how to do this because any lawyer knows it's like a saying going back that you're not supposed to ask questions that you don't know the answers to. And that kept <laughs> happening to them over and over and over again during all these cross-examinations. I mean, how do you bring in witnesses that when somebody asks, do you have any evidence? Like they're here to provide evidence, theoretically, right? Do you have any evidence? No. Do you have any evidence? No. Do you have any evidence? No. And when they first brought Jonathan Turley in, like the very first thing he said, like right when the whole thing opened up, Jonathan Turley was like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't actually support impeachment at all. <laughs> like, so, so, so uh, like, this is your star witness. This is why you're here. You're supposed to be giving them some red meat, right? Like, here, do we, like, ha- that's do we have they- that clip? Do we have that clip? If, if you look, have look, that, pull, pull up the clip. I'll of see their witness, time. Jonathan Turley, who basically says he doesn't have any evidence at all that there should support an impeachment here. Play, play, yeah, play that clip. Yeah. yeah, he says he says no evidence to support impeachment, but then he has to like kind of cushion it and be like, but an inquiry makes sense. And I want to emphasize what it is that we're here today for. This is a question of an impeachment inquiry. It is not a vote on articles of impeachment. In fact, I do not believe that the current evidence would support articles of impeachment. That is something that an inquiry has to establish. But I also do believe that the House has passed the threshold for an impeachment inquiry into the conduct of President Biden. So your main witness does not believe that all of the things that they've put forward supports the thing that you are doing so what it's just a random fishing expedition at this point and then when the democratic members of congress want to introduce your evidence jonathan turley that's what jonathan turley doesn't say there hey jonathan turley the democrats they're not introducing even the democrat evidence they're introducing all of the evidence that the MAGA republicans subpoenaed to show that they are liars. And the MAGA Republicans are like, no, we don't want that. Like, imagine a lawsuit where <laughs> the, the defense is trying to introduce the plaintiff's evidence. And the plaintiff is like, yeah, don't show those photos, please. And it's like, that's your evidence. <laughs> those are the ones that you're supposed to show during your opening. You don't want us to show those. Let me show you this one, too. This is Democratic Congress member Jasmine Crockett. She crushes it each and every time. Friend of the show. Play this clip of Congress member Crockett wanting to enter a fact sheet about Trump's shady business deal. Let's play it. Let me give y'all a, a little bit of tea while we're here. So. I have a document that I will ask for unanimous consent to enter into the record. It's a fact sheet on President Trump's shady business dealings with the Chinese government. What what are you entering in? A record from who? This is from the Congressional Integrity. Congressional Integrity Project, the dark money pack? I I object. I object to that, too. Of course y'all gonna object, but we gonna talk about it. So, uh, it says... Trump has extensive financial ties to the Chinese government. President Trump collected millions from Chinese government-owned entities while in office. I have the best tenants in the world, President Trump, was well aware of the multi-million dollar lease to Chinese interests. President Trump promised to donate foreign government 
government profits while in office, but he donated less than a third of his proceeds from the Chinese government. President Trump maintained three foreign bank accounts while in office, including one in China. President Trump's business with China raised legal and ethical concerns. President Trump, President Xi, loves the people of China. He loves his country, and he's doing a very good job. And again, you have the MAGA Republicans. No, you mean that dark money pack? It's like, okay, those are words that Donald Trump said. Those are Donald Trump's own words and actions. Yet MAGA Republicans continue down this path of utter hypocrisy, and they're bad at it. And at this point, they're such a clown show that you now have a Democratic Congress member who I think is the best, Jared Moskowitz, who's basically <laughs> doing diss tracks. He's basically does a stand-up routine. And you'll see when the MAGA Republicans call to Congress member Moskowitz, they know they're about to just be bludgeoned. Like they're waiting for it. And and and, and it looks like M, like it looks Eminem about to just like diss them and like the optics of this the optics of this are only possible in a MAGA Republican party where their purported leader Kevin McCarthy gets called low testosterone Kevin McCarthy by Matt Gates every day and just takes it like it is a weird group of weak people could you imagine if somebody worked for me and on a daily basis called me low testosterone Ben like I woke up in the morning and then I didn't do anything about it like just that's the MAGA Republicans so watch this. It's like, yo, all right, here we go. Here we go. Moskowitz. Here's the mic. Watch, ben, watch not, even, not, not, not even just like going to Ben and like calling you and texting you and be like, yo, Ben, you're real low T today. But like going on national television and going, you know that Ben who I work with? Low T. <laughs> <laughs> and you're supposed to be the leader. Like, do you, could you imagine a scenario where any of these Democrats of the videos I just showed you would go on national TV and dare have the audacity or even Think about saying these things about Nancy Pelosi or Hakeem Jeffries. I mean, yet the MAGA Republicans, they do this every single bit because they are a corrosive culture led by their ultimate cult leader, Donald Trump. It's not a movement of ideas. It's a movement of hate and demeaning and selfishness. That's what it is. And then you've got Democratic Congress member Jared Moskowitz, who just like crushes them. Like, just watch this. This is unbelievable. Play the clip. Seconds to Mr. Moskowitz. It's your lucky day. You get five minutes and 20 seconds. Oh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I think it's your lucky day. What a day we are having here, isn't it? Right? I mean, listen, I, as a former director of emergency management, I know a disaster when I see one. I mean, by the way, you don't, don't, you don't believe me, just, just ask Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, your guy, just went on and said, you know, perhaps... Whose guy is Steve Bannon? Yeah, well, you, you know who Steve Bannon is. Uh, perhaps Steve Bannon just went on and said, perhaps the Republicans shouldn't have started with a witness. He was talking about Professor Turley, who was going to say right off the bat that there wasn't an impeachable offense. He's, he, I quote, he says, perhaps we should have put him on the maybe list for one of our witnesses. Mm. So your other witness, Ms. O'Connor, gave a complete recitation 
of the last nine months, eight months of these hearings, she went through some of the greatest hits that have come out, right? Everything that has been presented, you know, both in these committees that we've been having, on TV, all of the evidence that you guys have been presenting over the last eight months, all of that together. And what does Professor Turley say? It says everything we know at this juncture doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. Boy, that is awkward. I, I mean, I, look, I, it's like political impeachment malpractice. <laughs> political <laughs> impeachment malpractice. I mean, that and, and the hits keep coming from Jared Moskowitz. By the way, I'm going to be interviewing Congressmember Moskowitz tomorrow morning, Great. and he's going to give me he's going to give me a recap. So I'll preview that right here with all the Midas Mighty watching it. So we go from that to the weirdest spectacle ever. Like that wasn't the weirdest. It wasn't the weirdest spectacle that I just showed you. Okay. We go to the GOP debate next. Okay. Oh, no. And between Vivak Ramasamwe and between Ron DeSantis making weird things like that, the whole thing. Pence, Pence talking it, about banging his mother. I don't, I don't know. Pence <laughs> talking about sleeping with mother. And the, yeah, the whole thing is very, very strange. I got to talk about that. Then you go to, then you go to Donald Trump speaking at a non-union shop mm. and pretending cosplaying that it was a union shop and he would have people who were not union workers holding up signs that says unions for Trump. And then he would say, I don't, I don't think that you should be picketing for that, but I've been with you my whole life. Like it's right out of central casting. I wouldn't even believe this script. If you said evil fascist snake oil salesman does this crap, but look, I want to bring it back to a serious point though, which is it's beyond parody but our nation is suffering, suffering because of these people who take positions to try to control us. Look, Lauren Boebert, if you want to watch Beetlejuice at home in the privacy while you fondle each other and blow vape smoke on each other in your own living room, do that. Don't you dare take a political position where you're telling me what I can do in my living room, what people can do in their doctor's rooms, what people can do in their bedrooms. That's where we need to call MAGA Republicans out. These incompetent fools want to do this to us to Americans who love democracy. That's why this pro-democracy movement is so important. We've got a lot of show left, and I want to remind everyone to check out the after show once we're done. We don't have outside investors on the Midas Touch Network. The way we've built this community, the way we've built this network without investors is through Patreon. We have these Zoom chats where you get to meet us once a month, and it was so great meeting everybody. Again, the last one we did this week. I hope you all enjoyed us answering all of those questions. And then we do a special after show. So it's patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H. If you've ever wondered, how can I help grow this network? That's how you see how we're growing it with MidasTouch.com, with the great staff there. Brick by brick, we're building it thanks to your help. Patreon.com slash MidasTouch. We've got a lot of show left. We'll take a quick break right now. 
Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days. Having a consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. I know in my own life, when I don't get enough sleep, not only am I irritable and grouchy, but my performance, be it in work or life in general, just greatly suffers. Introducing Beam Dream. You know we've been raving about Beam Dream's powder, their healthy hot cocoa for sleep, and today our listeners get a special discount on Beam Stream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now available in delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, cinnamon cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter, Better Sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. I've personally tried Beam Dream, and it lived up to the hype. First off, it was delicious and just a lovely nighttime routine. And secondly, and most importantly, it helped me fall asleep and stay asleep. The next day, I woke up ready and eager to take on the day. Find out why Forbes and New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Midas and use code Midas at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash Midas and use code Midas for up to 40% off. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. That was the sound of the NutriSense Biosensor. It's a small device that you put on the back of your arm that then provides real-time feedback on how your body responds to foods that you're eating, your exercise, stress, and even your sleep. With NutriSense, you just take a photo of your meal. You adjust for the portion size, and NutriSense does the rest. NutriSense helps you track your data, see your glucose trends, and understand your macronutrient breakdown for each meal. You also get an overall glucose score for each meal based on your body's response. You'll be matched with a board-certified nutritionist who will review your data and answer all your questions. Plus, they can help you with a personalized nutrition plan so that you can achieve all of your goals. You should try NutriSense today. It will open your eyes in profound ways to how your food, exercise, and lifestyle choices are affecting you. What's more, it empowers you with a real-time feedback loop showing the consequences of your food and lifestyle choices. It's a powerful tool, understanding your body and affecting positive change in your life. You can get all of this today. NutriSense has a special offer for our listeners. Visit NutriSense.com slash Midas and use code Midas to start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Be sure to tell them that you learned about NutriSense on the Midas Touch podcast. It will really help. That's NutriSense.com slash Midas to save $30 off your first month. Plus, get a month of board-certified nutritionist support. Donald Trump, the ultra scab, GOP debate, ultra weird. We're going to talk about both, Jordy. Ultra scab is great, Ben. Like that, bravo. I was really impressed when you rolled that out in the beginning of the show. I'm glad you brought it back. Let's just keep rolling that through. He's an ultra scab. I like that. Donald Trump. Well, you know, you have the MAGA Republicans go, we're ultra MAGA. I know. I I get where it comes (laughs) from. I'm I'm tracking. That's why I like it. That's why I, I I see what you did there. 
Great ad reads and everybody, you can support our sponsors below in the description. We appreciate sponsors who have great products, who support our pro-democracy content. Let's first talk about the weird GOP debate. Most of the debate was just everybody speaking over each (laughs) other. Watch this. You wanted a gas tax increase and then you wanted a... Lovely clip, by the way, to have a dinner party. Real real clip for the audio (laughs) listeners. Really happen if you didn't actually watch. That's just that is the perfect metaphor for this Republican Party. (laughs) The the quote unquote silent majority. They're the loudest people, most annoying people in the room. Full display right there. They did sound like a bunch of mosquitoes. Right? They got the mosquito, that kind of the mosquito thing going on. The Republican. Uh, You know, I mean, every time I was watching the congressional hearing, though, where you, where you had exactly where you had Jim Jordan or James Comer. I mean, it's like a fascist mosquito. You have like Dan Goldman trying to enter the evidence that the MAGA Republicans wanted. They took the depots and they go. It's like, okay, guys, just shut up. Just let him introduce the evidence. Don't you care? It's Devin Archer. It's your person. Anyway, back to the weird GOP debate. You have such fascist therapy stuff going on there. Such I like this one, though, by Nikki Haley. If there was any good part of the debate, it was actually this, where Nikki Haley goes to Vivek Ramasamwe and goes, you just make me dumber. Play this clip. (laughs) There's one person on this. This is infuriating because TikTok (laughs) is one of the most dangerous social media apps that we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say (laughs) because I can't believe they hear you've got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. (laughs) That means they can get your contacts, they can get your financial information, they can get your emails, they can get text messages, they can get all. This is important. This is very important for our party. Can I tell you what was really going on there, though? She was projecting how she feels about Donald Trump also in that moment. Like the moment she was, he says the same stupid crap. He's sort of a conduit for Donald Trump's statements on that stage. Exactly. And, and, And she wasn't, it was the first kind of endearing thing that really anybody said on stage that wasn't performative and BS. And that, yeah, that came from the she, she, she meant it. Yeah, you know, she, no, she, I'm saying she, she absolutely meant that. And, and the reality is, is that's how she feels. If she won't ever admit it sure. um, because you can't in that party, but that's how she feels about Donald Trump. But I'll give you, I'll give Chris Christie some credit as uh, in this debate. Here's Chris Christie skewering Donald Trump for being pro Putin. Play the clip. Donald Trump said Vladimir Putin was brilliant and a great leader. This is the person who is murdering people in his own country and now not having enough blood. He's now going to Ukraine to murder innocent civilians and kidnap 20,000 children. And let me tell you, if you think that's where it's going to stop, if we give him any of Ukraine, next will be Poland. This is a guy who said, wait, one sec, this is a guy in 1991 who said that was the darkest moment in world history when the Soviet Union fell. Listen, everybody, he wants to put the old band back together and only America can stop it. And when I'm president, we will. Yeah, the old band back together is Trump, Kim Jong-un, and Vladimir Putin. Think about that. That's actually who the old band is. 
I, I can show you a lot of horrific things that Ron DeSantis said, but you know that he's a horrific human being. So I don't want to waste airtime with Ron DeSantis, but I will show this time, this one point that he made that I thought was actually a good one. Ron DeSantis called out Donald Trump for debt and causing inflation and said that Trump is missing an action. It's a, it's a good point and it's actually true. Play the clip. And you know who else is missing an action? Donald Trump is missing an action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation that we have. And that did set the inflation. That, that is the cause of it. If it wasn't for the action by President Biden, we would have been in the greatest of great depressions, period. We would have been. Because Donald Trump increased the debt, not by $1 trillion, $2 trillion, $3 trillion, $4 trillion, $5 trillion, $6 trillion, $7 trillion, $7.8 trillion by giving tax cuts to billionaires that he cannot pay for and then just printing money and running a PPP program that was fraught with fraud. And it's very problematic. It has consequences. So I don't want to be lectured on fiscal responsibility from the arsonists who cause the problem. And this is not unique, by the way, to President Biden. You have Democrats, whether it was Clinton balancing a budget, it's the MAGA Republicans run us into massive deficits. And then once they screw it all up, then they pretend, oh, oh we want to fix it now. Look at the Democrats leaving everybody else with the problem. Now I just want to show you this other low light. I just want to I just want to say for a second though that Biden came out like immediate after immediately after with a great ad that literally just used Ron DeSantis's own words under clips with music to use it to yep. his advantage for a pro Biden ad which is always so brilliant to me because it really it, it knocks out two birds with one stone because you have you have the hit on DeSantis um you know because Mag is not going to like that. You know, they're not going to like him talking crap about Trump. And at the same time, you have the hit on Trump that comes from a Republican's point of view. So it makes a really effective, powerful ad. And DeSantis today was like furious about it. After Biden released this ad, he tried to like clap back and just kept digging the hole deeper. I just had to mention it because it was a great, it was a great rapid response by the Biden campaign. But Ben, and the, the ad the was literally the what you just, just saw. saw DeSantis say. It was, it was, it was, him, <laughs> it was him with I'm Joe that. Biden. I approve this message. <laughs> now I want to show you former Vice President Mike Pence responding. I mean, Chris Christie said a disgusting thing and he was like, President Pardon. Biden sleeps with someone in the teachers union, referring to the first lady, like, okay, misogynistic and disgusting. Yeah, that was Christie, by there. the way, said a lot of weird things. I mean, he's honestly, to me, he's been, other than when he vocalizes and goes out really strong against Trump, he's been really underwhelming in these debates in my well you gotta remember that's who he and, 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 and hold on and he falls into these this is what i say about the maga hokey pokey he falls into these weird tropes whether it's that weird dig and biden and the first lady or or talking about biden living in the basement the guy he skeeves me out well that's who he is you know that's who he's always been. yeah so that that comes out when he tries to speak about other issues aside from going after Trump don't get me wrong I'm happy he's there to go after Trump and provide another alternative perspective and and to provide an anti-russia perspective like a anti-putin perspective and, uh, <laughs> yeah 
you know, like just to n- normal common sense things. But but some of the things he says are obviously just disgusting because that's who he is as a person. I mean, he has his own history of, you know, a lot of various scandals. And- it, it, it's a great point. He, always, he just shows his cards. He just shows exactly who he is. Yeah. You're right. Play this clip of Pence right now. And I, I'm just going to give you uh, a disclaimer. We're going to talk about how Donald Trump's disclaimer, his worthless clause is actually worthless. There's no such thing. This is my disclaimer. I'm sorry. Play the clip. Because by way of full disclosure, Chris, you mentioned the president's situation. I'm, my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers union, but I got to admit, I'm I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And um, so full disclosure. Okay, it's just very <laughs> Chris Christie's face. Chris Christie's face. <laughs> when, when, when Vince made the comment, Christie looks at him and just throws a dagger. He's like, what the fuck did you just say? You, you're saying, what are you talking it, it, about? What are we- what, what's going to go down? Is it going to be the fly on his head or, or, or is this now his debate moment? For, for for Pence. That I mean it's just utterly bizarre. You could almost hear a pin drop in the audience. People were like awkwardly right. laughing if they were laughing at <laughs> all. The whole thing my, was <laughs> my, my 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 buddy in Canada, my, my buddy and, and one of my business partners, Akeem Aliou, called me after it. And he was like, yo, this is some really weird stuff you got going on in America. <laughs> I was sorry like, about it. I was like, I was like, it's really only it's it's mostly all just coming from that crew right there. And I said, it is very bizarre. I said, that's why I've pretty much quit my law practice. And now I'm just full time doing this because I'm not able to I, I, I have to devote my life to calling out this absurdity right now and speaking about devoting my life and our lives to calling out this absurdity. <laughs> then you go from that to ultra scab. And here Donald Trump goes to a non-union shop and then just thinks he's going to like pull a fast one. And then he acts like he's in a union shop and he has people who are not part of unions holding up signs pretending to be part of unions. Like it's absurd. It's offensive. And let me just show you right here. This is where Donald Trump's pretending he's speaking at the United Auto Workers union shop. And then he tells them he can't help himself that they're not picketing for the right reasons. Play this clip. In other words, your current negotiations don't mean as much as you think. I mean, I watch you out there with the pickets, but I don't think you're picketing for the right thing. But if they endorse me, your leadership, you can tell them I said it, although I have a feeling they may be watching tonight. And uh, I don't think they really a, a, first first off, it's the most offensive comment you could say, like, like, I, I see you out there with the pickets or whatever, whatever you're doing out there. I see you out there with the pickets, but I don't think you're I don't think you're striking for the right. I don't think you're thinking of the right. Thing. Tell, t- tell your leaders to talk to me. It's not it's not your leaders. You're not talking to the union. You're speaking to a group of random people holding signs that you printed that says union members for Trump or auto workers for Trump. And they actually went through the audience, a, a local Detroit reporter actually went through the audience and started asking the individuals in the audience, are you a union member? Are you an auto worker? And one by one, each person who they asked was like, no, I'm not in the union. No, I'm not an auto worker. They asked the people holding the auto workers for Trump sign. No, I'm not an auto worker. And over and over again, the whole thing was like, pretend, play. It was like, make believe. And and he talks to them and he speaks to them as if as if they are the union members. He goes, oh, tell your leaders about that. Oh, I know how you union, you union, you're not talking to the union. The union's 50 miles away. They're striking. They're on the picket lines. What do you, what do you And, and by the way, that's where legacy media 
needs to cover that. On yes. MidasTouch.com, we cover that. We call that out because that's the objective reality, Brett. Exactly what you just said. You don't give him the headline that he's there with union workers. Stop it. That's not what happened. And then it goes like, there's another moment. Remember when I did a video earlier in the day, I, I showed that clip uh, in the early days of COVID where Donald Trump said that people should inject themselves with bleach because I, I don't want to forget. Like, I don't want people to have amnesia that that act like that didn't occur. Like he's an idiot. Like that's important too to note. And when you when you sh we showed you the, the high the low lights from the congressional hearings, like there's not intelligence. It's just saying a word salad of of fascist mush. And so here's an example of that where Donald Trump is saying that one of the reasons he's against electric vehicles, like electric motors in boats is because he says everyone will get electrocuted. Here, play this clip. They said, what happens if the boat has an accident and starts sinking? Do you get electrocuted if the boat sinks? <laughs> the guy said, you know, I've never thought of that, actually, but I think I gave him an idea, actually. Now, can you imagine the boat goes down and you're sitting on top of a battery? I don't, I don't feel good about that, right? Yeah, I don't know who you're talking to because mostly all cruise ships and container ships are driven by electric motors. I, I, who, who is this converse? Who is this hypothetical made up conversation? You did not give anybody a good idea. You sounded like a moron and you sound like a moron right now. And you sound like a moron when you say things like this, where he says to the non-United Auto Workers audience, he goes, this is how he says it too. And, and it, the whole thing is weird. You know, Hopefully your leaders at UAW will endorse Donald Trump here. W watch how he says it. Play this clip. But we will stop him. Hopefully your leaders at United Auto Workers will endorse Donald Trump. I mean, just think about if during the show, I just randomly started talking like this, you know, and, and, and also I just want, I, I want to mention also that during that broadcast too, it was broadcast on one of these Trump propaganda networks called RSBN, which is legitimately Trump propaganda, it's like Trump state TV and the Chiron, the lower third that ran during the speech was, uh, I, I don't have it up right now, but it was something like Trump speaks to striking United auto workers, just a lie. That's not, that's not what's happened. Like the whole thing is a lie. The whole thing is gaslighting. The whole thing is deception trying to deceive people. And ironically, the supporters are the ones who are the ones being deceived, yet they mm. seem to love it. Oh, electric motors catching on fire. Oh, you're so funny. But that's but the thing, Brett, that you see in Russia. That's yeah, what Russian exactly. propaganda TV is. You go to like a made up hospital that the government creates and you create a scene and then you walk in there and then you act like you're helping people and then they run the Chiron. Vladimir Putin is look at the work that he's doing to help people like it's straight out of that. And that's where, again, legacy media is negligence. That's why where MidasTouch.com fills in that void. It goes, that stop gaslighting, stop lying. That's simply not what's taken place. You know, when you go to the world of evidence, there's a reason why 
Donald Trump keeps on losing in these court cases. I appreciate that you all think that I'm a great prognosticator of the outcome of cases, but if it was a football game and it was an NFL team versus a high school team from the town I grew up in in Long Island, with a great deal of certainty, I can tell you that the football team perhaps other than the New York Jets, my hometown team, uh, that the NFL team is going to prevail. And it's the same thing when Donald Trump is the high school football team going up, the fascist high school football team, going up against real professionals with evidence that do the things that you're supposed to do at the highest level. And Donald Trump's lawyers' arguments are like, well, he's a billionaire. <laughs> And if he thinks his properties are like the Mona Lisa and the Saudi Arabian government will pay for it through their sovereign wealth fund, he can just do whatever he wants. And and sophisticated people in our judicial system go, Basha say what? What? They go, they go, they go, they go, what's your argument? What, what are you? No. And then you had even in the summary judgment hearing, Judge Ngoron, who ultimately granted the partial summary judgment in favor of New York Attorney General, bang the table and go, you can't lie on financial statements. The judge is like, what are what world are you talking about? No, you there's no such thing as worthless clauses where people can just lie and commit material fraud. And also, your disclaimer doesn't even say what you say your disclaimer. It's a weak disclaimer, uh, by the way. And that's the thing. The stuff that you saw at the beginning of the show in the congressional hearing, that's Trump shit. That's Trump 101. And that doesn't work when you go into a court of law where evidence matters. And then when they try to run their propaganda campaign, right, where they, after Judge Ngoron grants partial summary judgment in favor of New York Attorney General and orders the dissolution of all of the Trump businesses, what's the response? Oh, he's a political hack. He ruled, Judge Ngoron ruled that Mar-a-Lago is valued at $18 million. How absurd is that? The judge made a ruling. That's just not true. The judge, the judge isn't a tax assessor. The judge looks at the undisputed facts. The judge looks at what did the tax assessor say? That's persuasive. But to people who go, well, the tax assessor isn't the be all end all. Okay, well, let's look what Donald Trump said. How about that Donald Trump, when it came for tax purposes, on his appeals, when he tried to appeal the tax assessment, Donald Trump said that the property that Mar-a-Lago was valued at less than $26.6 million because Donald Trump wanted to pay less property tax, and he did. He got away with that. He paid somewhere around $500,000 a year instead of ten to $15 million a year for the Mar-a-Lago property tax by saying because of all of these historical easements, and all of these encumbrances based on a 2002 deed, the fact that it is not residential property, that it can't be used for any purpose other than the club, the appraised value of it is less than the residential properties adjacent to it, even if those other properties are much smaller. That's why that was the deal that he made. But then Donald Trump went to banks and then he removed the encumbrances from it. 
he claimed it was a residential property. And he claimed that it was easily transferable, which it was not. And then he said it was valued at $600 million. So he went from telling the tax assessors less than 26.6 to then telling the banks to get favorable loans. It was more than $600 million. And then in the various posts from Eric and Don Jr. and Donald Trump, they said it was between, after the ruling came out, between $1 billion and $1.8 billion. Well, if that's the valuation of the property, then you owe back taxes in the amount of about $100 million that you didn't pay. And that's the whole point of New York Attorney General Letitia James's lawsuit. No basis for the lawsuit. <laughs> that you did this with each property that you did. And Americans don't, it's, that's unlawful. That's fraud. It is a violation of the principles of our free and fair market. And you can't do that. And so that's when we're talking about the, the what's left in the case, disgorgement. Disgorgement is return the money that you took that you didn't deserve. It's not punitive, right? It's not, you know, there may be a punitive damages component to it, but it's not a punitive remedy. It's just basically saying you got a benefit by engaging in this scheme of $100 million for this property. You got a benefit of $200 million for that property. Disgorge it, return it, because you cheated the system. That's what it is about. And also the appellate division rejected Donald Trump's attempt to try to stay and delay that proceeding. So that goes to trial October 2nd now. That goes to trial on the, on the remaining issues of disgorgement. And I think Judge Koran is going to find, we already know the underlying finding, he's already found liability. So the question now becomes, how much do you disgorge? And if you're talking about 100 million this property, 200 million this property, the remedy is going to be at least $250 million. Donald Trump's going to get hit with a judgment in the next 30 to 60 days of at least $250 million. Think about that. And, I, and, and if he wants to appeal that, guess what? He has to post a bond, equal usually <laughs> to the amount of the judgment if he wants to appeal it. We know from his deposition, and not all, you're not hearing this anywhere else but Midas Touch, right? That he only has $400 million in cash. So do the math. How is he going to post the bond if he gets hit with a $250 million judgment, which well, usually a has- A lot of donation emails, I would think, from his, uh, his MAGA Inc. pack or whatever he's working with. So you've got family. that, and then you've got Judge Tanya Chutkin, federal judge in Washington, D.C., denying Donald Trump's attempt to try to recuse her. She said it was completely baseless. Her statements that she made were done during sentencing, intrajudicial statements of insurrectionists who blamed Donald Trump for the insurrection, and she was responding to their sentencing memo. So now Donald Trump filed a motion to delay the motion's uh, filing date from October 10th to December 8th. I'm going to do a hot take on that that I'll drop uh, in the morning. Um, but there's your legal updates of Trump losing. Brett, tell us about President Biden giving what I think was not just one of the most historic speeches he's ever given, 
One of the most historic speeches any American president has ever given in our history. That's how big yeah. I think it is. And I, and I agree because I think we're, we're, we're at an inflection point right now in American history. I don't, I don't think American democracy has ever quite been threatened, especially in modern American history as it is now, where you have one major political party that has completely abdicated the idea of democracy, that has completely given up on the meaning of this country. And so you have President Biden going out there. He was in Arizona uh, for this event where they're opening up a new John McCain library. And John McCain and President Biden, obviously longtime friends, despite being on opposite ends of the aisle, always got along, always were good friends. It really reminds you of the way that politics used to be in this country when you could disagree in the Senate and then you could go home and you could get a bite to eat after, or you could disagree on policy, but it didn't have to be this crazy MAGA nonsense. And when John McCain passed, that kind of passed with our politics because the Republican Party became completely taken over and co-opted by this, this horrific MAGA movement. And President Biden's speech today, it reminded me a lot of the previous speech that President Biden gave on democracy. And if you remember the media outcry after that speech, how dare him talk about the MAGA movement that way. <gasps> he, he's talking about the threat to democracy. Americans don't care about that. He's going to get killed in the midterms after this. The Democrats are going to lose horribly because the, the American people don't care about democracy. And at the time we were like, what are you talking about? The American, like that's everything. <laughs> like every other fundamental right that we have in the United States of America comes from the fact that we are this very unique representative democracy. And so you know, I think the media had a lot of egg on their face from the last time, because when push came to shove and that election happened, what were some of the biggest issues that people spoke about? Democracy was right there on the top, along with bodily autonomy and other issues. And and so President Biden, you know, he sees the threat. He understands what's going on. And President Biden also going to Arizona, a state which is a hotbed for this MAGA extremism, a state that has really, really been overtaken by a lot of this extremists. But at the same time, those extremists have been pushed back in these elections where you see the losses of people like Carrie Lake, where you see people like Adrian Fontes and Katie Hobbs getting into power. There is this kind of this, this, this disparity within the state of Arizona where you have this MAGA fascist movement and this pro-democracy coalition that includes Democrats and yes, Republicans, but the McCain Republicans, the old school, actual conservative Republicans who President Biden has a lot of respect for. And, and has a lot of history with. And so President Biden opened up his speech. It was, of course, a dedication to John McCain. Um, and so President Biden talked about his relationship with John McCain and how he helped John McCain actually meet his wife, Cindy. And I thought this was important because it helped really ground this moment and it made you understand the empathy that was coming from Joe Biden, that this was all coming from the heart. And he really wanted to speak to these, these Republican voters, frankly, these McCain kind of Republicans and speak to the whole country, speak to the entire pro-democracy movement and say, this is how politics used to be. This is how things should be. And this is what this MAGA movement has taken us so far away from. So first off, I'll, I'll play this story of him talking about um, introducing John McCain to Cindy, because I thought it was I thought it was a sweet way to start the speech. They never hide from history. America makes history. And John was right. 
Every other, per, every other nation in the world has been founded on either grouping by ethnicity, religion, background. We're the most unique nation in the world. We're founded on idea. The only major nation in the world founded on an idea, an idea that we are all created equal, endowed by our, in the image of God, endowed by our Creator to be, to be able to treat it equal throughout our lives. We've never fully lived up to that idea, but we've never walked away from it. But there's danger we're walking too far away from it now, the way we talk in this debate, in this country. Because a long line of patriots from, like John McCain kept it from ever becoming something other than what it is. I often think about our friendship of 40 years, the hammer and tong debates we'd have in the Senate. We'd argue, we're like two brothers. We'd argue like hell. <laughs> I mean, really go out one another. Then we'd go to lunch together. No, not a joke. Or John ride home with me. I mean, that, we, we travel the world together. And by the way, when he found this magnificent woman and got married, I'm the guy that convinced him to run in Arizona as a Republican. Bless me, Father. For <laughs> no, but you got to admit, Cindy, I did. I talked to him and I said, John, you can do this job. My only worry is you'll do it too well. And then President Biden, uh, there was this really sweet moment where he actually choked up talking about McCain passing away from the same exact cancer that took his son. And he was just talking about how much the country misses John McCain. Look, running opposite sides of the nation's highest office when, when he was running for president and I was on the vice presidential ticket, we still remained friends. The conversation we had, he had, with my son, Bo, the attorney general of the state of Delaware, a decorated major in the U.S. Army was a guy who spent a year in Iraq about serving in a war overseas, about the courage and battle against the same cancer. And that took John and my son. Two weeks ago, I thought about John as I was standing in another part of the world, in Vietnam. I don't want to be, I, excuse me if I, it was an emotional trip. I was there to usher in a 50-year arc of progress, the two countries, pushed by John, and I might add, another John, this former Secretary of State, John from Massachusetts, won the Silver Star as well. Once at war, we're now choosing the highest possible partnership made possible through John's leadership. I mean it sincerely. Think about it. While in Hanoi, I visited a marker depicting where John, where John had endured all the pain. Imprisoned five and a half years, solitary confinement for two years, given an opportunity, an opportunity to come home if he just said a couple things. He was beaten, bloodied, bones broken, isolated, tortured, left unable to raise his arms above his shoulders again. As I stood there paying my respects, I thought about how much I miss my friend. And it's not hyperbole. From the bottom of my heart, I mean this. I thought about something else as well. I thought about how much America missed John right now. How much America needed John's courage and foresight and vision. I thought about what John stood for, what he fought for, what he's willing to die for. I thought about what we owed John, what I owed him. 
I mean, it's it's so powerful, and you could hear President Biden getting choked up there, and it's such a contrast to the Trump speeches that we watched. It's such a contrast to watching those Republicans in the House GOP hearings. Mm-hmm. It's it's empathy. You know, it's a person, it's an individual who really cares. And frankly, it makes me even angrier when you see him speaking about his family. And you know, President Biden has had a really tragic family history. He's lost so many loved ones in incredibly tragic ways. And to see how these Republicans have made it their number one mission to target his family in this vile and personal and disgusting way. It's really the lowest of the low. Like we we often think about all the Hunter Biden stuff kind of just in a vacuum, but think mm-hmm. about it in the history of President Biden and all that he's went through with his family and all of the struggles that his family has went through. And it really is like there's nothing more inhuman. There's nothing more disgusting than what these Republicans are doing to this man and his family. I think it is atrocious. I thought with the contrast and showing honestly Biden's strength through it all. I think it's really, really incredibly powerful. And then President Biden went and he talked about the threat to democracy. And he mentioned the MAGA movement by name. And that this is not your father's, this is not your grandfather's Republican Party. I'll play this clip. And there's something dangerous happening in America now. There's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy. The MAGA movement. Not every Republican, not even a majority of Republicans adhere to the MAGA's extremist ideology. I know because I've been able to work with Republicans my whole career. But there's no question that today's Republican Party is driven and intimidated by MAGA Republican extremists. Their extreme agenda, if carried out, would fundamentally alter the institutions of American democracy as we know it. My friends, they're not hiding their attacks. They're openly promoting them. Attacking the free press as the enemy of the people. Attacking the rule of law as an impediment. Fomenting voter suppression and election subversion. Did you ever think we'd be having debates at your stage of your careers where banning books, banning books and burying history? Extremists in Congress more determined to shut down the government, to burn the place down than to let the people's business be done. It's the number one issue of our time. And I'm so happy that President Biden is not shying away from it, but is leaning into it and is making this his priority. Because I know in speaking to so many, thousands and thousands of you that these are the same fears that you have. And so for him to acknowledge it, for him to call it out, and not to call it out on some sort of you know far away kind of level, but to actually say this MAGA movement is an un-American movement. And he says, by the way, I'm not talking about all Republicans. I don't even think these are all Republicans. But this right. movement, this, this strain that has taken over the party, it's incredibly dangerous. And then finally, I, I want to end with this clip of him talking about the recent moment um, on NBC uh, where, where Trump spoke about NBC and Trump spoke about the media and his desire to want to investigate and ban the media. He called NBC treasonous. And this was basically just days after they had hosted him on Meet the Press also and he had like a softball in interview. And he also attacked General Mark Milley, basically calling for General Mark Milley's execution. And somehow so many of the cable news networks and so many of these newspapers didn't even cover it. They didn't even make it not even like a uh, not even like a small headline, like they didn't even cover it at all. 
And President Biden, though, he made this a priority in his speech to speak about it. Here's the clip. The accusations against of treason, treason against the major news network because they don't like its coverage. I don't know what the hell I'd say about Fox if that becomes the rule. But think about it. I'm joking, but think about it. Tomorrow, I have the honor of overseeing the change of responsibilities of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the United States military. From one genuine hero and patriot, General Mark Milley, to another, General C.Q. Brown. Both, both defining leaders of our time. And yet, here is what you hear from MAGA extremists about the retiring Patriot General honoring his oath to the Constitution. Quote, he's a traitor, end of quote. In times gone by, the punishment, quote, in times gone by, the punishment would have been death, end of quote. This is United States of America. This is the United States of America. And although I don't believe even a majority of Republicans think that, the silence is deafening. The silence is deafening. Hardly any Republican called out such heinous statements. Just as they watched one MAGA senator outrageously said blocking the promotions of hundreds of top military leaders and affecting not only those leaders, but their families, their children. My extremists claim support of our troops, but they're harming military readiness, leadership, troop morale, freezing pay, freezing military families in limbo. Just they looked the other way when the defeated former president refused to pay respects in an American cemetery near Paris, referring to the American servicemen buried there, and I've been to the cemetery, as suckers and losers. Quotes. I'm not making this up. I know we all tried not to remember it. But that's what he said. He called servicemen suckers and losers. Was John a sucker? Was my son Bo, who lived next to a burn pit for a year, came home and died? Was he a sucker for volunteering to serve his country? The same guy who denigrates terrorism of John McCain. It's not only wrong, it's un-American. But it never changes. The MAGA extremists across the country have made it clear where they stand. So the challenge for the rest of America, for the majority of Americans, is to make clear where we stand. And might is mighty. It's up to all of us to make clear where we stand. And, you know, just watching those clips, like I said before, to me, the contrast just couldn't be clearer. We're living in two completely different worlds. And you have a party that is approaching things with competency. You have a party that's approaching things for the right reasons, with empathy, at least trying to do the right thing, even if they don't succeed in every area. And then you have a party that, like President Biden said, just wants to burn it all down. There are a bunch of clowns screaming over each other, just being rowdy, not doing anything for the American people. In fact, it would be better if they didn't do anything for the American people, but they're actively hurting the American people, actively taking away people's rights, actively targeting the most vulnerable people, actively trying to destroy the very foundation of our country. And that's what we're all working against here. 
And that's why it's so important that we share these clips. And there's so much more of that Biden speech, by the way. He spoke for about 30 to 34 minutes or so. And we have the entire broadcast. And what I want to do is I want to put it up on our YouTube channel in its entirety later tonight so that everybody here could watch every minute of it. And I really hope that you do watch every minute of it and share it because I think it's so, so, so important. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll do a little intro to it and let's post that uh, tonight. I think it'll be really important. And I hope you'll share that video with people as well. And you can, of course, share the podcast and the breakdown that Brett just gave of the highlights. But I think it's important to, again, rebut all of this, Brett, to your point, this nasty, mean-spirited, dumb, evil propaganda coming from the right wing to denigrate someone who's at his core, a decent and compassionate person, Mm -hmm. someone who is empathetic, somebody whose entire life he's spent as a dedicated public servant. And you're right, Brett. After you watch that speech, then you go back and watch what the MAGA Republicans were doing to him at the beginning and how they were doing it to him. The contrast cannot be clearer. I do not want to live in that MAGA Republican world. That's not a, that's not America. And they're putting a lot of money, a lot of resources in order to try to control you. That's their goal. Mm-hmm. They want to control you. It's about power and it's about allowing incompetent, relentlessly evil people get into these positions of undeserved authority. And to use that for horrific ends, it's something we're going to always fight against here at the Midas Touch Network. I want to remind everybody about our after show on patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And I'll just throw it out here. For all of our existing patrons, put in the chat below what you think about our Patreon and if you think it's worth it. Because I'm sure a lot of people say, I don't know. That's how I'm so confident in mm-hmm. the Patreon and the reaction and the way. Such satisfaction community. guaranteed. <laughs> no. Because I'm not. I, I, I'm going to say some lawyer. days I'm not going to be. Some, yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll do my give, best. Give, give, give a little worthless clause. I'll get a worthless <laughs> no, but, but 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 put below you know if, if anyone's on the fence if this has if the content is worth it or whatever just share in the comments below and and, and give your honest feedback now how you feel about it um, we spend a lot of time on it and mm-hmm. we've turned down lots of people who want to invest in this network because I don't want anybody to control it <laughs> we don't want anybody to control it and it's community driven so go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H. Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Check that out. Also, you can go to store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear, 100% union-made. Union-made. Let's go. 100% made in the USA. Gear up this fall and winter with the Midas Touch gear. Store.MidasTouch.com. And one of the membership tiers at our Patreon actually allows you to become an honorary producer of the show. 
your name appears right there. That list is always increasing and your name is always here on our show. Um, and so we appreciate all of our honorary producers as well. want to thank you all for watching. And I want you all to know how grateful we are for the work that you do. I really, really mean it. The sacrifices you make every single day. I know how hard things can be. I know how hard you work. And we are honored to be a part of this community that you created. Compassionate, intelligent, unapologetically pro-democracy. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Share in the comments below how you feel about our Patreon. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. The Midas Mighty standing strong against the fascists. We sing our song. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right. Gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.